This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast about what makes life worth living. I'm Julie. And I'm Krista. And on this episode, we're talking about roses. So, I can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So what do I do? (laughs) We've talked about this before, but I feel like basically anything I do to try to fix this does not help. At one point, I tried to uncongest my nose, and I think I gave myself a cold. Mm. So that was great. But now, I've started wearing a nose piece, and it's funny. (laughs) It looks like the sort of bull nose ring, you know? Mm -hmm. I have to wear it at nighttime, and it it helps me so that way I don't snore. But it does. Every time I put it in, it just cracks me up. (laughs) Because I kind of look like a pirate when I'm going to bed now. (laughs) I dig it. (laughs) Because I have a headband on and then I'll put my nose ring in. And it does work. It helps me so that I don't snore at night. But I still... My nose is busted. I don't know what's wrong with it. Are you going to get surgery eventually and just correct it? No. Because I'm like one hit away from having to get surgery because of my deviated septum. Do you have problems breathing? Yes. I can never breathe out of both sides. Ever. It just... It's hard to explain... But it feels like the back of my nose is blocked. Basically all the time. Mine's basically like there's a curve here. And so like the combination of stuff just gets stuck on there. And then not being able to breathe out both sides at the same time. Do you like feel like you can't breathe? Or is it just like something you're not really aware of most of the time? It's half and half. Like when I lay down... I can definitely tell. I can definitely feel it. And, like, it's a whole side is completely blocked. Like, there's nothing whatsoever. But when I'm standing, it's kind of like I have to think about it. And it's weird when they're open. Because <laughs> every now and again, they'll just open. And I'll be like, whoa. <laughs> like, it makes me almost sick. Because I'm, like, not used to being able to get that much air. And it's just like, what is happening to me? And I can't explain that to anyone. Because they'll just be like, yeah, I'm feeling kind of sick. You know, like having trouble breathing. I'm like, I get the reverse of that where, like, I just get sick from so much breath at once. (laughs) Just, like, not processing it correctly. I do wonder what kind of a human I would be if I could breathe. I know. It's like, am I super... I'm I'm also worried that that if I have to get that surgery that my sense of smell will be affected and it'll make me less superhuman and then I won't know how to walk through this world anymore. It's hard enough to learn to walk through with this weird sense of smell, but if I lose that, I'm just gonna be like, what is life anymore? (laughs) So... I don't know. And so I think from what I understand, part of the problem that I have with my nose is my nose is very small. And because of the way that my sinuses are, it kind of like blocks it. (laughs) I think I have a small amount of deviation. I'm not sure if that's anything that's like for real, but it just, it can cause me great deal of problems breathing. (laughs) So I have started to wear this nose piece at night. It does work. This is all great. I will say it does make my nose feel weird. Because, like, now it feels almost, like, stiff. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping someday I'll get used to it and it'll just go away. Because I can breathe, well, I don't snore at night, at least, now. <laughs> I sleep like the dead. I sleep like a vampire. I have my arms crossed and I lay on my back and I make no sound. <laughs> well, if you ever have a snoring issue, I can get you a nice pirate nose piece. <laughs> <laughs> so you can well yeah my brother he has the same problem i do but we have both have big noses so we don't have the same problem you do and after his surgery like he lost a lot of his sense of smell mm-hmm. he didn't really have any before though so i'm like eh. 
So I might just be brought down to, like, normal human levels. That or I'll go OP and I'll just be like, all of the smells, I'll be like a dog. I'm almost there already. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works, to be honest. I've heard people say if your nose is, like, very broken and you get that fixed, sometimes that's, like, a whole, like, just rush of things, but... Well, that's the idea, is that if my nose gets hit one more time, that septum is just gonna, like break or i don't know what the proper term is but essentially it'll be fuckered more like and it'll be at the point where i need to get it corrected that's what happened to my brother okay and so like i'm just waiting for one more good crack in the face (laughs) to go get surgery (laughs) yeah but my uh partner he shattered his nose like completely and had to get it whole rebuilt but he doesn't even talk about it. it's just like oh yeah that happened like that seems trump traumatizing and like it would affect your life greatly Eh. does he breathe well now (laughs) And can he smell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything seems fine. Like I said, he never talks about it, so I'm like, I guess it didn't really affect your life at all. But yeah, yeah he was working on a lathe, like, woodworking, and he just, like, smashed, like, he slipped or something, his whole face smashed in. Like, he still has the face guard from it, and it was shattered and covered in blood, and I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> and I saw old pictures, I'm like, your nose was different. <laughs> like, that's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, he had, like, a little button-type nose before, and now it is not. <laughs> I'm just like, this is weird <laughs> to see these changes. Yeah. I do wonder what would happen. Would my nose be different? My nose is so small. Yeah. What if it would be even less? <laughs> what would happen? You'd lose some. I don't know. Because, like, mine, once they correct it, I'll lose this bump. And then while I was there, I was going to be like, can you also just, like, <laughs> a little bit? Because I just don't like that little curve I have. <laughs> So, yeah, but, like, my brother, he, first of all, after his surgery, they put plugs in, like, these plastic silicone plugs, and those plugs went to each nostril, and they were bigger than, like, his whole nose, so I would just, I saw him take it out, and I about threw up, because <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it was so bizarre, because, like, they get folded in there, so it makes sense, but I was just like, <laughs> it was not prepared <laughs> at all. Oh, that makes me think of another story time. But yeah, like, he, he didn't really have a sense of smell before that, so. Was his nose different? Not really. Because okay. I mean, we just had big honkers on us, so like, and he's a dude, he didn't care. He's like, yeah, as is, he was like 16. Genovian Order of the Rose. Well, oh, ooh! When you're planting a rose, you do need to have a nice deep hole. But whether it's a rose, a tree, or a shrub, don't add any compost or goodness inside the planting hole. For anybody who doesn't know, which why would you... (laughs) My middle name is Rose, so I have always kind of had a connection with roses. They probably are one of my favorite flowers, too. I specifically like white roses, but I do like other flowers. It's not really like a just roses roses or bust. (laughs) Get the hell out of here with your lilies. (laughs) Fuck lilies. Fuck your lilies. And, and, And I mean, the thing that's even kind of funny about that is I don't have any roses, I have my gardens. I I haven't, like, pursued planting any roses. Well, they're kind of (laughs) hard. Yeah, that's kind of part of the reason. And 
the other thing is too is I've heard a lot of people say if you don't like them anymore, they're very difficult to get rid of. Eh. Okay. I don't agree with that one. I okay, so I had someone in my family who had a rose bush and then I think they built a deck over it. Um, I think they tried to get rid of it before they built the deck, but whatever. Built the deck over it. This rose bush would not die. It's probably <laughs> like, a knockout. Just kept growing. Knockouts through, are dumb. <laughs> through the deck. They kept trying to kill it. It would not die. It sounds great, though. <laughs> a deck of roses. Anyway. Yeah, um, my love is more for the plant English roses. Well, I think yours is more of the traditional, like, bouquet tea roses. And then that story in particular, I'm, that was probably a knockout rose, which the whole point of them is that they're hard to kill. But they're stupid and hideous and no one likes them. And by no one, I mean... They're, like, the most popular bot rose. But I hate them anyway. <laughs> They're stupid. <laughs> Don't buy them. <laughs> Fun pain of death. <laughs> I mean, I never saw the bush, so I, I don't... I couldn't tell you what it was, and it was so long. Like, I was... Knowing your family, it was a knockout, and... I mean... Fuck that rose. <laughs> but also, I don't know if they planted it. Like, it... it from what I remember from the story, I think it might have been somebody else's. And then they got the house, built the deck, and this rose just would not die. <laughs> like, 90% of the roses you see at people's houses are knockouts. So. Also, and this is a completely different thing. My sister has, like, a, I think it's like a Japanese cherry blossom. Like, some one of those kind of flowering trees. For some reason, every time it blooms in the winter. Nice. But why? <laughs> That's not why does it do that? Where is it in respect to her house? I think it's like in the backyard, but I don't like how close to their house. Not sure. I'd have to ask her. If it's like a brick house and like it's pretty close, it would warm up. Also, climate change is probably <laughs> it's probably just climate change. <laughs> like, let's just okay. be honest. <laughs> okay, but we're not talking about <laughs> Japanese maples or blooms or whatever. I just, it popped in my head and I had to get it out because it does frustrate me every time I hear the story. Like, why is it blooming in the winter? <sighs> anyway, roses. Roses. Which probably don't bloom in the winter. No. <laughs> they do like winter, though. They like to just be like, ah. Like, just wrestle in and get all healthy and whatnot. Like a snowy rose? Well, they, like, they die back, but then their roots are just like, yes. And just, they get bigger and bigger and... Uh, after the winter, the spring comes along, and they're just like, hells yeah! Just, like, explode. <laughs> Storing all this energy. But they like getting... They like it when it gets cold. They like to have that cycle of seasons. So that's why they do really well, like, in Britain and here. So, does your mother have a lot of roses? Yes, she always has. Um... I, ha I was going to post pictures when we released this episode of, like, the roses we've had through the years that I've taken photographs of. Um, I'm not sure where her love of them came, because they definitely didn't come from her family. I think it was essentially, like, Martha Stewart had an episode about English roses, and it just changed her life. And she just, like, took it in strive and started buying roses. And particularly, I keep saying English roses. I should probably explain kind of, like, the differences of roses. Um, which I will in a second. But yeah, I got my love from my mother because she always had these, like, great roses that they don't look anything like what you buy. They don't... And they have scent. The ones you buy don't have scent, usually. And so just having that and being around that and seeing how different they end up being and I just... I've always loved roses because of my mother. 
Do you have roses? I have two right now. It's a it's a hard because one they're expensive, and two like I don't want to move them or to like have to work around them. I want them to go where they're supposed to go and leave them there. And so because of that, I'm so indecisive when I'm working on my house. It's like, nope, can't put another one in. And I also have to keep them safe from deer. So I have to put, like, something around them. And I don't like how that looks. So it's just, like, a real chore <laughs> to have them. But I do have, I have two up against my front porch. They're the same one. And they're called Roll Doll, based on the author. It's one I got released less than five years ago by David Austin. And I love it. It smells... It's supposed to look like a peachy color. It's supposed to be based in James the Giant Peach as a tribute to the author. And it has this, like, really light honey smell. And it has... It has a high petal count. It's, like, in the 70s of petal count. And I absolutely love it. I just let it take over my deck. It just grows on top of it and just bursts. It's bursting right now. It's so nice. I just feel like a nice little English lady with my tea, like, next to my roses. <laughs> well, do you want to tell us, like about the history of roses and what actually makes a good rose because you keep talking about petal count and that I think is something I think most people are not familiar with. Right. So I'll start just with some interesting little like roses are old as shit. <laughs> um, archaeologists found fossils of them that date back to 35 million years and like it's hard to perceive that but those roses are so old and then there's even like uh artworks from like thousands of years ago and there's a thousand year old rose in germany that's still like ever growing over a thousand years old and on top of that like there's all these like myths and legends based in greek and in like chinese dynasty type of era where like confucius has these sayings about roses and like they've just shaped so much history and I mean, like, they used it in war, and they used it to represent so many things. And over time, the, just the symbol of the rose has changed so much. It didn't used to just mean love. It actually meant uh, secrecy. It was between, like, with the Greeks, based on who, what Aphrodite named her son. He, she created the rose because her son, Eros, it was a rearrangement of his name. That's where the rose got its name. Oh, hmm. And she gave her son one... And it was a symbol of secrecy and love and, like, transitioning to him. But it was more of a, like, vicious symbol than it was one of pure love. It just came from the goddess of love, more or less. And so it took some time for it to change. And then even just the colors of roses mean totally different things just over time, which I'll get into that later. But, yeah, roses have been around forever. But the funny thing about them is when I say that, you're not picturing the right rose. I can guarantee you you're not picturing what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about... Is called polyantha, which polyantha rose is, if you've seen one, it's wild. It's like those ones that have like six petals. They're teeny tiny and white, maybe a little blush of pink. Like they're a very simple, bushy type of rose. That's probably, that's more of what I'm talking about. Those really simple roses. And then after that, there was something called a tea rose, which is closer than what, to what you're thinking. A tea rose, but they would only have about six blooms. So they'd be like a tall stalk in one bloom and a lot more petals, a lot taller and thicker. So that's the other kind of like this started it all type of rose. And then in around the mid 19th century is when we really started getting the roses that I'm talking about. So they, I don't remember who, but someone created a hybrid tea rose and they hybridized it with that poly 
polyanthra rose, which created our bushes of lots of petals, lots of flowers instead of just stems mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And they created what's called a floribunda. And a floribunda is what I'm calling English roses. And from floribunda, you get grandiflora, which is just taking a floribunda and combining it again with the tea rose to create even more petals and bigger flowers and stronger clusters. I do just really love when people will hybridize flowers. <laughs> like, they're like, this one's not good enough. I'm going to make just, it better. I'm going to breed them together to make a super flower. Yeah. And then to get on a short rant, the other roses that most people think of that are not gardeners are the knockout roses which came out in the late 1990s. That's right, they're pretty new. And fuck those stupid piece of shit roses, okay? They basically were like, you know, roses are really hard for people to grow, but, like, people deserve roses. Why don't we make these hideous, ugly pieces of shit that have no scent that will never die? <laughs> I hate them so much. Everyone plants them everywhere, and I'm like, fuck you and your stupid what, knockouts. What does a knockout look like? What would... It's um, it's a bushy one, doesn't have a scent. They're typically in yellow, pink, and red, and they have, like, 10 or 12 petals. Okay. They're the ones that you see, like, everywhere. They're at, like, every landscape of some big company, all that kind of things. You will never see the Grandiflora, the English Roses. You'll never see those landscaped in the U.S., other than, like, personal gardeners like me. And tea roses is the same kind of thing where, like, I've never seen a business have them or a company or, like, a typical suburban house. It's always, like, a particular gardener puts them in the back, like, and keeps is it, them safe. Is it just because the other ones are so hard to grow? Like, what what about them makes them hard to grow? Um, it, It's all relative. It's just that they require more care. A knockout, you can literally just leave there, like you're saying. That's why I'm pretty sure that's your deck flowers, because it's like, I will grow despite you. Like, that's my whole purpose in life. While when you're working, Grandiflora has a lot more resistance, and that's typically what I grow. But you need to trim it back in the fall. You need to feed it. You need to make sure fungus doesn't get on it. And that's about it. Like, it doesn't require constant maintenance. It's just that it does require some maintenance, and so then people freak out and don't want to deal with them. But, like, it's literally just fall work for me. I trim, if you want it to bloom again, you trim the buds off that just bloomed. So you know that's a day if you have a bunch. <laughs> and then they bloom again. And in the fall, you cut them all the way down and cut off all this, like, new vegetation they grew that's not big enough. And then you just make sure they don't get any fungus. There's, like, it's an all-in-one rose feeder. It gives them fertilizer and antifungal. You just sprinkle it there. Like, it's it's not that hard. It's just when you talk about gardening and planting and stuff, people just get so intimidated so easily. And if you want it, like, tea roses are harder. Tea roses, the whole point is to get the one perfect stemmed rose and, like, obsess over it. And you, if you mess up this one, you only have a couple. Like, you don't... I mean, bugs get on my roses sometimes, but that means I lose maybe five roses. I have hundreds. Like, there's hundreds of blooms. I lose a couple. That's not a big deal. But when you're working on tea rose, you have to, like, obsess over it to get the perfect rose. But that's why you grow that. You don't grow that just because you want a rose. You grow it because you want... To obsess and have that perfect stemmed rose. To be so. an obsessive person. Yes, that's the whole point. <laughs> but I think anyone can grow an English rose. As okay. long as they just had, like, watched a video about how to trim it in the fall. Like, that's about it. And even then, if you don't trim it, it just won't grow as well. So, like, it's not going to die. It's just not going to be as happy. It's so what kind of, thing. like, colors can you get English roses in? So many. Um... They come in 
pretty much any color you can think of that's natural. <laughs> I guess I should say that. That's natural. Um, what's actually really interesting is this one rose. That's one of my favorites. His name is Poseidon. <laughs> His name. His name is Poseidon. Um, <laughs> so one of the problems with lavender roses, I'll call it, because it's like the closest to natural purple you can really get with roses, is that they fade. And so even though it, the bud will be lavender, this really deep, beautiful, but as soon as it opens up and is bloomed for a day, it's like washed out. It doesn't maintain the color. And Poseidon came out a few years ago, and it is the first lavender rose that maintains that deep color. And so, and it's considered one of the seven sisters type roses where it blooms in these huge clusters. So you get like eight all together on one stem and it keeps growing. My personal favorites is I love yellowed kind of warm roses. That's what my rolled doll is. It's very like peachy and warm. And then there's quite a few that I love that are like cold white with like a pink hue. Typically English roses are a variation of yellow, white, and red and pink, just like the knockouts tend to be. But then they get to go, like, in so many different levels of it, where you can do all of these, like, color blends. And they have one called, like, there's a tea rose, technically, I think, hybrid tea, but it's called mustard. And it's, like, yellow on the inside, like the petals, but then on the, or on the outside. So on the deep outside of the petals is yellow, and then all the petals on the inside are red. Hmm. So it's, like, ketchup and mustard. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. And there are some black roses, but they're, like... They're a weird hybrid. They're not considered an English rose, per se. Stuff like that. English roses are particularly defined by their petal count, which is why I've been saying. So you'll get petal counts. Like, a high petal count is between 80 and 120. There, I can't remember. There's My mother has the rose that had the highest petal count, and it just looks alien. Like, it's just like, bam! Like, just so much. It doesn't even look appealing. Like, it's just, I'm like, that's not pretty. Like, it's just so much... Um, but like when you're looking at a tea rose, it's typically like 50, 40 petals. So if that gives you perspective of like, that's considered medium. When you're in the English roses with 80, 100 petals per bloom, like that's kind of intense. I just want the one that has a lot of petals so you can have a petal bomb. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> it would be like some kind of a party trick. Like you'd be like, look at how many petals I have. <laughs> I have pictures of it, but I try to take a nice, because you can't take a nice picture of it up front, because it's like, you look like a monster. So I take a picture of it, like, at the side. <laughs> like, look, it's kind of pretty. But it, also the color of it is off-putting, because it's like a magenta. Like, it's a really intense color, and I'm like, this is just such an ugly rose. Like, I get your record-keeping petal count, but at what cost? Like, <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> I can just look at you. <laughs> You need to hybrid breed it with something else. Yeah, you need to lower that down a bit, honey. Get a better color or something. Need to fix that. Maybe, like, (laughs) one of those, like, peachy colors would be better. I like to do a lot of the peachy, so I like my peachy. My other favorite, so Roald Dahl, I love Poseidon Roald Dahl, but Claire Austin, which, so David Austin is the name for roses. David Austin is the number one rose breeder, like, God amongst men type. Um... And he bred this rose a while ago to name after his daughter. So it's Claire Austin. And she's beautiful. I love her. She's like a really soft white. And I think she's got a 97 petal count. She just looks so elegant and soft. And like her petals point. So they're just like very light. And I love her. 
Like, it's really weird to describe roses now that I'm saying it out loud, but... <laughs> it is, especially because sometimes you're like, him, her. <laughs> I mean, they have personality. What can I say? There's... Alien. <laughs> and a lot of roses get named after people or, like, moments. So, like, another rose I love is Tchaikovsky's rose, which, like, they specifically breed it with the that person in mind. So, like, based on the Russian composer, Russia's cold. So, we made it, like, cold white. So, it's, like, a really bluish, like, like cold white. And it's got so many petals. It's, like, because he had a real punch for life. And, like, it's just, like, what they say. I tried to look up. Because Poseidon was created by, um, his, his name starts with a K, but I don't really, he's not a breeder that I follow. Um, he didn't have any details as to why he named it Poseidon. He just did. So, I was, like, I wanted to know why it's named Poseidon. <laughs> like... Is it because it's like a seven sister type rose, so it's like seven C's, and then it's like, I don't know. Like, why'd you name it It's bluish. Like, it's purple, like the mm, ocean yeah. isn't, like, I don't know. So. He tried. He tried. I just want him to come up with a follow-up rose called Hades. <laughs> and make it, like, even more purple, like, try to make it blue. Or just, I guess, like a fancy black rose. I tried to look it up. My mother had a purple rose that I loved, because it had an orange center oh that's cool and i took so many pictures of it i have a ton of pictures i have no idea what its fucking name is and i tried to like find it online i was like no does she still have it no it's dead (laughs) but it had a low petal count it was only like 30 or 40 some so like so what would be like your preference for the petal count do you have like 70s and 80s because if it's lower it just doesn't look as much like a rose and then uh, if it's too high well it's i like, guess like i'm just curious like what your opinion is as to what if, when they're blooming that's when like you see the buds you just can start seeing the petals like unveil and that's what i really like and that's what really separates these english roses from tea roses is like their shape completely changes because of the petal count so like this was the rose that mother had that was the purple one and i guess it's more like yeah it's probably like 30 or 25 is the petal count. But then you have Windermere, who her petal count's like over 90, and she's not even fully bloomed, and she already has more out. And then, um, this is the ugly one I told you about, like, from the side, so you can't really tell the petal count. And, like, this is Claire Austin, and you could start seeing, like, the points and all those layers, like, building into them. So the more petals they have, the less likely you'll see that center, that, like, seedy... Uh, rose hip center you won't see that when you get that many petals they completely hide it and that's just a lot more appealing most of the time so like this is probably 60 or 70 like it's starting to get thicker um and yeah that's just because when you think about like here's a clematis and that's like five which is what like knockouts are knockouts are like eight you're gonna see everything about that rose and if one petal falls off you're like well you're hideous now like (laughs) Yeah. But when you have these roses that have, like, hundreds of petals, are over 100 petals, it's just like, you could lose half that, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. You get to stay pretty. And it, like, takes so long to bloom. You get it there for so much longer. Okay. So. Okay, makes sense. Thing. So what about fun facts? And, you know, even going into stuff, like, what do different rose colors mean? Why would you have them? What should you put... Into your garden if you want to keep people away. <laughs> I do want to create a book that's, like, aggressive gardening. Like, 
like for the neighbor you hate and stuff. Like I'll be like, warfare would be one chapter where it's like this will really piss them off. Like they'll know why you did it. And then I'll do the ones like this will you'll know why. Like you just know what that means and that makes you feel better. Like, I I wish this book existed. I wanna create like, yeah. I wanna create like aggressive gardening. Uh, so some of the fun facts I did want. So I talked about David Austin being like the king of kings, the master of breeding, and to kind of like really fortify that and let you understand what I mean by that, um, he spent 15 years breeding one particular rose called Juliet, which I've actually seen, and she's gorgeous. And he ended up selling like the that actual rose, the one that you can create more roses from it, but it's the original one that he created. He sold that. For $15.8 million back in 2006. Like, I'm, I'm serious when I say, like, David Austin's the man. <laughs> like, he's he's what it's all about. And it's still, to this day, like, the most expensive rose, like, ever created. So, that's just to give you give you some stuff. Um, and the last one fact I put on here is that actually the national flower of the U.S. is the rose. I had no idea. Um, but that was President Ronald Reagan declared that back in 1986. So that's right. <laughs> it's not that long ago, actually. It's kind right? of surprising. But like... I don't know if we had one before that, and he's like, fuck that. Or if like they were just like, you know what? Every state should have its own rose and own, our own flower and own bird. And, da, 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 da. and he's like, well, as a country, it's the eagle and the rose. <laughs> Which kind of sounds very metal and american at the same time. Well, then time. I think about it and I know Ben Franklin wanted the turkey to be your like national bird, so I know that we talked about it before then. <laughs> like so it's I like would I would love know. it if our national bird was the turkey. That's what Ben Franklin wanted. <laughs> it's just a little another fun fact. You're welcome. Very fun fact. It's fun facts, but um I know everyone always wants to know this, so I wrote them all down to remember. But everyone always wants to know like what's the meaning of every color of every rose so I can properly hand out bouquets or do aggressive gardening i guess there is a couple that made me laugh but i like to put them on here because it's like they're not real so <laughs> like they're dyed roses so then now they mean something i'm like oh, that's stupid <laughs> well, which ones are the aggressive ones well i mean orange is considered aggressive to put a positive spin on it they're like it means energy i'm like it means chaos <laughs> let's just be square like orange is an aggressive color uh <laughs> But, you know, everyone knows red means love and passion or whatnot. Orange, if you're doing... So they put in a positive spin on all these. So, like, um, the art of the bouquet, there are bouquets that mean a lot of different things. So you can pick, pick flowers to go together that basically means fuck you, like, in pretty flower talk. Which is part of my other book, part of, like, aggressive gardening. <laughs> How to pick an aggressive bouquet. How to do the bouquet for the one you hate. <laughs> like, mother-in-law, thank you. Like, kind of joke. <laughs> Um, but yeah, rad means love and passion and, you know, is a symbol of all things good and sexy and whatnot, whatever. Orange, the positive spin is, like, energy or desire, which I was like, that's bullshit, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Someone gives you orange roses, it is not a good day. <laughs> Just telling you now. Yellow has always meant, like, friendship and joy, so it's kind of been... It's, like, a weird one that if you're like, I just want to be friends, and you give them yellow roses... <laughs> I've read so many stories like that that people had to, like, look it up, and they're like, oh. I've been friend-zoned. I've been friend-zoned officially, yeah. Uh, green, growth and abundance. They don't really sell a lot of green roses. I mean, I've seen them, and I've I've had a couple, but, like, well, 
I have it, my mom has. But yeah, apparently that means like growth and abundance. I'm like, I feel like it's just a neutral like. These were neat. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. It's like if you need to make a bouquet and you have to have several colors, and it's like, well, here's some green ones. Yeah, just to have. Just to have. And I didn't agree with this one either. It's like white is young love slash innocence, and to me, white was always like that's what your family buys for you when you're like doing a performance or something and they want to give you a bouquet like it's more of a family tie so like the innocence and young love of considering like it's a kid maybe but how they were trying to portray it, the site i was reading was just like it could be like two like teenagers in love i'm like that's horse shit and like no 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 <laughs> why are you spinning it like this <laughs> no that's more of a like performance well done like you'll get white flowers from like your sibling or your parents or something like that um, lavender means wonder or enchantment, which is also bullshit. Um, <laughs> apparently like, this needs to be a section in your book, too. <laughs> I guess, like, I don't know why people think this is the, like, I know people are trying to spin on it like a modern day, but no, fuck you and your words, like, that's not what that means. Lavender can mean, like, mystic, but it's not a positive, <laughs> it's always just kind of, like, undisclosed terms, it's supposed to be, like, it's supposed to make you unnerved, it's not supposed to be, like... A good thing that you got purple flowers. <laughs> are we friends? Yeah, like, are I don't know what are we something means. else? What are you trying to say? What yeah. signal? Like, it's a mixed signal, no matter what it is. So, <laughs> but they're like, it means wonder. I'm like, yeah, because I'm wondering why I got these. But, like, otherwise, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Um, pink is elegant slash sweetness, which is also bullshit. I guess it's kind of close because it's kind of like the white flower where, like, it's more of a family or sister or, like, passing between, like, people you love, but not in a very red rose kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of thought of pink roses for Mother's Day. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Or, like, you know. Easter. And... That, that Like, those sort of people in your family around yeah. that time. That's more of what it is. Um, I don't know why elegant and sweetness is now what it's called. Stupid. Peach, serenity, and gratitude. Peach has, uh, gratitude also applied to the white for a while. So, um, I don't know why I got passed off to Peach. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna have to talk about this in the book. Just be like, what would you say a peach one means, though? Um, see, I would make the peach, what they're trying to do with white nowadays, which is, like I said, like, end of a performance, you get white. I would say you should get peach. And that white should be for funerals, like, sorry, because it kind of used to mean, like, something on those veins, I think. I have to look at, at some old book, apparently. And then I'd make pink your family stuff, but peach should be the, like, good job, like, I care about you. <laughs> Here's some pretty flowers. Here's some pretty flowers, because, like, peach is in that common, so it should be used for, like, a particular setting, I think, not just a gratitude. <laughs> And then ivory, which I was like, uh, white, then ivory, what the fuck? Like, is that cream? Like, I don't, it's grace and charm. And I'm like, that's when I stopped looking at this site. I'm like, fuck this site, it's dumb. Like, <laughs> I hate it. But all the other sites were like, we need to talk about things that don't matter to this. And I'm like, shut up. And I just wanted to talk about, like, everyone's seen the scene with the red petals to the bedroom. I'm like, everyone knows what the red ones mean. I don't just mean roses in general. I'm talking colors. 
Yeah, but what does it mean when you take purple roses and you scatter them to the bedroom? You're going to get cursed. <laughs> Some magic of the foot. Do not follow those. <laughs> you will die. You will be cursed. And you, you go in that perish. room, you're going to die. That or you're going to become some wicked witch. Like, it's just not, no. Don't Sacrificed do to some kind of half-goat demon god. Don't follow the purple petals. <laughs> Whatever you do, just don't. Purple has always been a hard color to like translate it's always just like dude that's weird like so it never has it okay it rarely has a positive spin the only other other thing is when royalty had it because it was a really rare colored dye and so it meant royalty because of the expense of it and that's like the only real positive thing that's ever happened to purple like just being square <laughs> otherwise if you're in the middle of the woods and you see a purple rose blooming there's a witch afoot do not <laughs> Evil is afoot. <laughs> a witch be somewhere a witch near. Be hunting you. <laughs> Just don't do it. This has been our episode on roses. For the next episode, we're talking about shitty jobs. Such a. We're supposed to talk about passions, and now we're just like, you know what? I've had some fucking shitty jobs, eh? <laughs> it doesn't seem to track. <laughs> I think that shitty jobs help make a person's life. Like a watermelon. <laughs> Crush it like a watermelon. Alright, so I guess we gotta end it. Mic drop. That's a pen. Well, I'm not... <laughs> I have my limits. Destroy, destroy the mic. <laughs> well this has been our episode on roses for the next episode we're talking about shitty jobs crappy jobs bad jobs the fun jobs (laughs) no (laughs) those really weird sketchy masseuse parlors oh no is that a bad job i want to know probably yeah (laughs) Sure. How much they get paid? <laughs> you know, there's like a, it's kind of like a scale of like based on how much you get paid, how bad is that job? <laughs> I can't imagine it's a good job. It's probably not enough. <laughs> no.